0: Something that annoys the crap out of me in a lot of my projects is trying to test things and trying to create scenarios where I can get back to a position where the data is exactly how I need it so that I can start developing a feature. So a really kind of um, trivial example of this would be trying to create a blog app where uh, you want to be able to actually see that blog post. So maybe the blog post is done with Markdown but you don't have any test data with Markdown and you had some data created before, but now the thing that you used to, you had to clear your database and you have to get some data back in there and you've been making it from scratch. And so you have to kind of get in there and manually type it, but you want to test some like edge casey thing related to Markdown, so you have to type all that out again. And it just becomes a little bit of a nightmare to try and get yourself back to a state where you've got some test data. And I think this is so underrated because that's a pretty trivial example that, you know, sometimes we end up with situations where our app is incredibly complex and at least stuff that I've done in the past is copy pasting databases. In the past, I've even copy pasted production databases into a test environment, which I'd really don't think is a good idea. So I wouldn't, I don't recommend this. I wouldn't do that now. (laughs) But the old me had to solve some problems and I didn't have the test data to do it. So I do a duplicate of the production database, get that onto my dev machine and then use that so that I could test things. And so this is quite obviously not ideal. And so one thing that I've started doing religiously now in projects and so underrated is creating really, really good seeders. And it doesn't take that much time. It might take you, let's just say, in a really complex scenario, it might take you an entire day. If you've got like a really complicated business, you've been working on this project for like four or five years. But if you sit down and you think about the data structures and uh, you come up with some really cool real world examples of those data structures, um, And then you create seeders that inserts that data into the database. So you can easily clear the database and insert it again, clear the database and insert it again. That that is so ridiculously helpful, not just for testing, but also for developing, for being able to go, okay, I'm just going to wipe everything, uh, seed the database again. And now I can test a post or, you know, especially applications that have transactions. And often you end up with database tables. (laughs) This is such a common thing where you have a transaction that's, Got about fifty different columns, sometimes even more, like over a hundred columns for a transaction because in order to keep things simple, often people basically have this god database um, row, which is the you know the transaction <laughs> it 's a little bit ambiguous i 'm not a big fan of that i 've done it in the past, and I think i'd try to avoid that in the future, but anyway that 's not what 's important but if you 've got if you take the time to go through every column create a seeding process um so that you get for example maybe three accounts set up that have different kinds of transactions depending on those different businesses then you can really really easily get back to a state where that can be tested and one thing i'm starting to do now is when i prototype one of the first things i'm trying to do is create test data. And it's amazing how much test data can help drive the database as well, can help you realize, oh, you know, these, such and such fields are actually required. And I, I'm now creating sample data, test data, whatever you want to call it, before even building the projects. So currently we're building a ferry app. We're going to be, um, and, and this ferry app that we want to build is kind of a playground of ideas because one of the things that I'm trying to do in building the LSD standard is find apps that are relatively simple, or honestly, even complex things as well, and saying, let's really, really slowly build out this solution. And when I say slowly, what I actually mean is the development itself goes super fast, but as soon as we hit a bottleneck, um, we figure out how to solve that bottleneck, even if it takes us a month, even if it takes us three months to solve that bottleneck. That's why I'm building view model right now. I'm basically saying, okay, we've got this bottleneck. How do we solve it properly? How do we solve it so that it suits this situation and the kinds of things that I'm usually trying to solve in the into the future? So, any anyway, one, anyway, one of those things is dealing with um sample data. So now. Uh, so in this ferry app we might have the concept of trips or like journey legs the leg of a journey Um, it's it's actually amazing how specific you need to start getting with your data when you're doing stuff like this you know you you think a ferry app oh it's simple people come on and maybe they scan a card or something and then they're on the ferry and they get a ticket But, but there's all these complicated things like what was the ticket applied to was it applied to one specific journey does that ticket actually get you multiple trips do the trips cost different you know do they have different prices for these different trips and how specific do you want to go do you want to be able to do deals where you can do four different trips and since you're doing four trips then you want to be able to say well okay what uh, you know it's going to be four different trips to different islands but then this ticket covers all of those or do you actually get four tickets (laughs) and it gets kind of complicated but Anyway, this is so much easier if from the beginning you say, okay, this is my data structure. Uh, now let's create some dummy data. And th- this is one of my visions for view model. And we've actually done it. Um, I'm actually just redoing it now with a better interface. But one of the things we did is we created, um, we, we created something called, I call it like view Pina ORM local storage or something like that. And essentially what it does is it treats local storage as the database. And by doing this, what you can do is then create fake data and that fake data automatically gets injected into local storage when the person first views the app. And then you just have like a little menu item you add in that says clear local storage, which just clears the local storage and refreshes the page. So then when you give it to somebody to play around with, they can play around with that app with um, fake data straight away. So you can really easily prototype and show a version of that app that's actually kind of working um, with, with fake data. And as a developer, so that's as you kind of showing it to a potential client, but then as a developer, what you can do is when things go wrong or you change the database or you do like different things here and there to your data structure and your relationships, um, you just change the sample data. And again, you go into that right menu and just say clear local storage, it refreshes the page, and you're basically back to scratch where you've got this beautiful um, set of sample data and you're ready to build with. And oh my goodness, it is so much fun building an app that already has sample data. Uh, and, and I you kind of want to be able to, to tick-tack back and forth between the two. So you want to be able to and when I say you, I mean me. This is just what I like to do. This is how I like to develop. I want to be able to have the sample data ready, so I can just start building out the interface, and all the data just kind of slots into place. So you might be able to say, like, "Show me my trips," and you can build out a "Show me my trips" page, and you align the title with the tri- trip as the um, you know as the top of a card, and then some dummy data just goes straight into there. So you don't have to. Kind of do some weird stuff to start developing your application. you don't even need to have create forms yet. You can have it so that you can start doing your index page that shows you all the trips to begin with. Have you ever had that situation where you want to you know build an index page for an app, but you can't because first you have to create the create form so that you can create data that then shows up on the index page and then you're like, okay, maybe I should just build some dummy data, but then you clear your database and so that dummy data is not showing up anymore so you can't work on your index page. Oh, such a nightmare. What I wanna be able to do is tick-tack back and forth between the two. I wanna go, okay, let's start building the app quickly and then you hit a problem with your structure. And so you go, okay, I'm not gonna focus on building my UI anymore. I'm now gonna focus on the structure again. So then you go in, you kind of play around with the structure and then you go back to working on the UI and then you're working on the UI. And then you realize as you're working on the UI, cause this is what happens in the real world, you're working on the UI and then you hit another problem where it's like, oh, crap, my structure again isn't quite right. I didn't really think of this when we were building the database. And so you go back to the structure again, and you change the structure. Then you go back to the UI, and you can press that clear local storage button again that refreshes the page and inserts your sample data. And you get this beautiful feedback loop where it's always been... One thing that really bugs me about web development is when you have to think think and think and think and think and think, and then... You, you think that you've got everything right, but then when you actually develop it, you realize you don't. And so you have to go back to step one of restructure, restructure, restructure. But then you can't go back to the UI straight away. There's all these little steps you have to do, like delete the database and creating migrations and then like doing cedars and stuff like that. But if you're building with local storage from the beginning, that's not a problem anymore. If you have local storage, um, to begin with, and you have um, uh, and you have sample data to begin with, then it's really easy to rejig things. All you're doing is changing classes, um, and you're changing JSON scheme, Sorry, JSON structures. So you, all you have to do then is um, update your class. Update your sample data, and you can go back to developing your UI again. Whereas how I've done it in the past, and the thing that's really driven me nuts is often I'd use something like Strappy or Laravel, and and you look at something like Strappy, and you go, oh, this is you know so simple, it's so easy to build a database. But the reality is, there's all these tiny little hurdles you have to do. Like, okay, I need to get my Strappy server running before I start dev, and you know, sure that's easy, but then. I have to get into the strappy UI in order to change my data structure. And oh, now my TypeScript files kind of need to be updated. So maybe you create like a generator that takes a look at your strappy structure. And it's never as simple as you originally thought it was going to be. As soon as you get a backend involved, things get complicated. But if you have local storage um, to begin with as kind of like your point of truth. And and by the way, one of the things I'm doing with ViewModel is it's not just a simple local storage. This is a really advanced implementation of, um, of using local storage. So you're using your local storage as if it were an API. And you can do stuff like, Um, filters, nested filters, nested and or filters. And you can do that all the way down. So you can literally filter as far down as you want to go and then eventually just swap out local storage for a different backend. But anyway, the whole point of this podcast was about sample data. And once again, I've gone off the rails. (laughs) Woo! So if you, um, the, the point I'm trying to make here is sample data such a great way to develop, and it means that you can develop into the future if you keep that sample data updated. And eventually, when you move to a real database, you now have a massive set of JSON files that you can essentially copy paste into your Laravel seeders, or creating a seeder for Strapi, or you know, creating a seeder for Superbase, or whatever you end up doing. You've now got this beautiful place, um, you know, set of data that you can use to start developing into the future. So there we go. And another thing I'm trying to um, think through here is I wonder if this could be so good that you could have a real database for production, for example, a Laravel backend. but for development, you have a local database. Um, that might be a recipe for de- disaster. I don't know. But you know how sometimes people build databases where they have SQLite as their database, whereas in production, they're using Postgres or MySQL. What if you kind of took that concept and drew it back a little bit where on the front end, instead of using a real back end, you use your local storage. And because their APIs are the exact same, you can just really quickly develop and you don't even need to have a server running. You, You know, I don't know, maybe this isn't really feasible, but it could be cool. And one of the cool things about that is... Again, this sample data thing, it's really easy to just press that button in the top right corner of your screen that says clear local storage and reinsert that sample data all over again. And you have a beautiful feedback loop as a developer. And as the person developing, oh my gosh, actually my brain's going crazy. This would be a really cool idea. Imagine junior devs being able to just insert, you know, change bits and pieces with their sample data. And then the changes that they make actually end up being applicable to the real world application when they swap it out for a real API imagine how easy it would be for junior devs they don't even need to have a dev server set up on their machine and I know that you know you can do this anyway where you've got like a mock dev API but often the problem with that is you now need to have your mock dev API in sync with your um, your local The the latest um, sprint. So, for example, if you've got a sprint of two weeks, then often the dev server doesn't quite reflect what it's going to look like yet. And so, junior devs often still need to be able to have um, a local version of that server because the dev server isn't up to date. So, you know, the senior dev might say, Oh, you're going to have to run the dev server because we're actually adding, you know, such and such field to the post you know, database. So now you need to run an entire dev server so that you reflect those fields. What if that wasn't the case? What if all they did was basically pull in a branch and it's changing models on their machine and because the model can be used in local storage, they don't actually need that dev server to be running. Anyway, I don't know if that would actually scale to the real world because, you know, things are more complicated than that and you have to worry about things like... Um, Sometimes dev servers aren't just dealing with a REST API. In fact, they almost never are just dealing with a REST API, but yeah, something to think about. (laughs) So there we go. Sample data, great idea. Use it in your applications. And maybe even, you know, I talked before about um, thinking about building things documentation first. This is a podcast I did maybe like 10 or 20 episodes ago where, you know, you got like TDD. What if you did like document first development? And granted that document's obviously going to change, but I did that in the past and it worked incredibly well um, because it made you think through the API first. Um, What if you also did, what if you went kind of, for example, uh, documentation uh, or maybe UI documentation and then sample data? I don't know, now that I say that out loud, that feels weird, but anyway getting sample data into your development even earlier than when you start building the UI. I think it's a cool idea. All right, hope you enjoyed this one. And remember, there truly is nothing you can't build. See you in the next one.